Amen. Tonight, or excuse me, this morning, we are looking at Thanksgiving Reflection. Lord willing, next Sunday, it will be Thanksgiving Response. That will be out of the 116th Psalm. In Psalm 103, we read the first five verses this, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that the youth is renewed, that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. At times, we find it difficult to thank the Lord for what he has allowed on several levels, national, personal, anything. There has been a lot that has taken place in the last couple of years that has angered, frustrated, or discouraged many. We've all dealt with it. We know that. But you know, it does the Christian so much good to be able to stop and reflect. And in reflecting, we remember. One of the things I love to do at this time is just remind us of our foundation in this country. You stop and think about it. Those people that set out on the Mainflower, a hundred and two of them below decks in a place that was the size of a modern tennis court, 102, for seven weeks, and you couldn't fully stand up. And when the storms were hitting, you had to be down there under the deck. It was a 66-day journey, 2,750 miles. Instead of hitting Virginia, they were blown off course and they landed in Massachusetts. When the weather was too dangerous to sail, the captain insisted, listen, you got to disembark. What do we do? Well, they had been instructed by their pastor, Pastor Robinson, before they left, that because there's going to be no king there, you need to govern yourselves, and so they came up with the Mayflower Compact, which started out in the name of God, amen. Though half dead, half died, excuse me, that first winter, Governor William Bradford wrote this, quote, last and not least, they, speaking of the pilgrims, cherished a great hope and inward zeal of laying good foundations. Now, we've had good foundations, but they need to be strengthened. That's why Pastor Cranston does what he does. That's why we all ought to do what we ought to do when it comes to praying for this nation. Why did they do it? He said this, 
for the propagation and advance of the gospel of the kingdom of Christ in the remote parts of the world. 200 years later, in 1820, the Secretary of State of the United States, the Secretary of State, Daniel Webster, wrote this, December 22nd, 1820. There is a sort of genius of the place. This was at Pilgrim, at Pilgrim's, uh, at Plymouth Rock, excuse me, which awes us. We feel that we are on the spot where the first scene of our history was laid, where the hearths and altars of New England were first placed, where Christianity and civilization made their first lodgment in a vast extent of country. The morning that beamed saw the pilgrims already at home. A government and a country were to commence with the very first foundations laid under the divine light of the Christian religion. Now, we today, we like saying a relationship because we feel, I, my personal opinion is Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. But... They use the word religion much. Our ancestors established their system of government on morality and religious sentiment. Whatever makes good, whatever makes men good Christians makes them good citizens. Our fathers came here to enjoy their religion free and unmolested, and at the end of two centuries, there is nothing upon which we can pronounce more confidently than of the inestimable importance of that religion to man. Whoever shall hereafter write this part of our history will be able to record no lawless and despotic acts or any successful usurpation. His page will contain no exhibition of civil authority habitually trampled down by military power or of a community crushed by the burden <laughs> of taxation. He will speak of that happy condition in which the restraint and coercion of government are almost invisible and imperceptible. We've drifted a long way. Webster added, finally, with this. He says, finally... Let us not forget the religion, religious character of our origin. Now, again, remember, this is the Secretary of State of the United States. Our fathers were brought hither by their high veneration for the Christian religion. They journeyed by its light and labored by its hope. They sought to incorporate its principles with the elements of their society and to diffuse its influence through all their institutions, civil, political, or literary. Let us cherish these sentiments and extend this influence still more widely. In the full conviction that that is the happiest society which partakes in the highest degree of the mild and peaceful spirit of Christianity. That was the blessing of our nation. Has sin gotten in? 
Oh, yes. Are there still things to be thankful for? Absolutely. Listen, no matter what happens in our land, God is still sovereign. He rules over all. My personal opinion, and I know many share this, my personal opinion is that Thanksgiving is the most biblical holiday that we, that we rejoice in. We're never, we're never commanded to celebrate the birth of Christ, but we are commanded to give thanks. So let's take this time and let's use it wisely. Now, when it comes to this psalm, which is such, such a blessing, and I could spend so much more time on it, but we're not going to. David, I want to tell you, I want to remind us all, David wrote this psalm not because times were good, but because God was good, and he's still good. I want us to take just a few notes very quickly, and then we'll be done. The man of God reflects. Look at verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Christian, if you are a believer, bless the Lord ought to be a daily proclamation. Praise God for what he does. We need to be genuine in praising God. In fact, as you see here in this passage, he says, O my soul, if the soul is involved, it shows a deeper sincerity in it all. It's not just, I used to work with a guy, uh, Rudy Salinas, when I was doing concrete. And he had, a, he had an interesting way of putting it. He'd go, oh man, you're talking from the teeth. I thought that was pretty good. In other words, you're not being sincere, it's just coming from here. When we're praising God, it ought to be, we ought not to be talking from the teeth. It ought to be from the soul. From the soul. If the soul is involved, it shows that deep sincerity in praising God. In fact, he says, all that is within me. Every part of our being ought to be involved in praising God. There ought not to be a situation where we're, ah, I don't know about that. No, all that is within me. Now, look, look, let's understand something. We're all guilty here. There have been times when it's been tough, and it's like, you know, there's been COVID, and then this disappointment and that disappointment. You know, it's been tested. We understand that. But we still ought to come back to this. Our God paid for our salvation with his shed blood. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. And by the way, the name represents the entire person, and that person is holy. Set aside. Look at verse 2. Bless the Lord once again, O my soul, and then listen to this. And forget not all his benefits. You know, there are people in the world that when they reflect, their reflections can wind up being different. I have heard of and heard people 
close to their last words, they have cursed God, they have cursed the world, they have cursed many people. There are people today that are absolutely bitter. I heard the words a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was just this last week, of a young lady that absolutely tore her father to shreds at his memorial service. I mean, it was incredibly wicked, incredibly wicked. I remember hearing from my dad of how there was a man that had been violently against God. And on his deathbed, it is recorded by more than one that he was angry, he was bitter. And just before he died, he sat up in his bed and pointed at the foot of his bed and said, there he is, Christ, Christ the wretch. And he laid back down and died. Forget not all his benefits. You know, there can be so much in the way of bitterness if we do not remember. When the man of God remembers, when he reflects, he remembers his God as he knows him from the word. Forget not all his benefits. Now, this is something that we need to recall and we need to constantly keep in mind as we're reading the scripture. The believer, the Christian, takes the long look. You might have had the flat tire this morning. Oh, God's no longer good. Yeah, he's good. He was good when I had cancer. He was good when this girl was three years old and she was having to have surgery and I'm teaching 135 kids Bible and all of a sudden uh, the doctor says it might be a tumor and I came out of the chair and said, wait a minute, what are you talking about? And I had to stand before 135 kids, one class at a time and I cried through every class and I told those young people, listen, I don't know what's gonna happen I don't know what's going on, but I want you to know something. God is good. And it was amazing that years later, I heard from a young lady that was in that class. She told another person, that's the thing I remember about Mr. Rogers. Was that right there? Well, you know something? If people can remember from us that we say God is good. Now, does that mean it's always easy? No. We've got two men in this church right now that suffer greatly. We've got others that are wondering what's going on, their situations with their health. It is not easy. I wrote a man last night who's a friend on Facebook. He has cancer. He doesn't know what's going on. He says, you know, sometimes I can't help it. I feel so lonely. I understand that. But God is good. He's good. Why? Because I keep the long look. First of all, when it comes to what God has done for us, we need to remember this. When I think of God, when you think of God, we need to think of release. Look at verse three, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. All thine iniquities. That's the greatest blessing that God ever gave mankind. You've sinned against a holy God, but listen, 
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This last week, there were two disbarred attorneys who set at least one police car on fire during riots a few years ago. And the one was just finding out that she was going to spend 15 months in jail because of it. She wept and begged the judge, please, I was foolish, I was stupid, I, did, I, I, I wasn't thinking straight, please don't send me. I don't know what happened, but I do know this. There's gonna come a time when people are gonna feel the same way standing before a holy God, but it's already over. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. The books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to the things written in the book. To me, the most terrifying verse in the Bible is this, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's why we give the gospel. That's why we pray for people. That's why we beg. That's why we pray. That's why we will not stop. And all God's people said... That's why. Remember the long look, though, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Praise God, my sins are gone. As far as the east is from the, rest, uh, from the west. Not only there is there release, but there's restoration. Look at the next. Who healeth all thy diseases. Now, you know, there's times we do have healing here. Praise God for that. But again, we need to have the long look. There's going to come a time when this body's gone. I'm so glad. I'm telling you. I just, I, I just wish God would let me hear this. If I'm alive during the rapture, I want to hear the noise that I make. Clank, clank, thud. And all of a sudden, tink, with the stuff in the teeth, you know, just hits the floor. But folks, it's not, it's, it's not going to last forever. Sean, it's not going to last forever. I'm telling you, know, Sean is going to take at least 500,000 years in heaven and just run. You, you're not going to be able to catch him. Hey, preacher, want to rate? Look, we're in heaven. I'm tired. No. Nah. There's coming a day. See, my Bible says that. Revelation 21, verse 4, and God shall wipe away, are you listening? God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. There's going to come that time we're going to see Satan cast into the pit. We're going to do the wave. Brad's going to pass out the popcorn. We're going to wave. I, I, whatever it's going to be, I'm telling you, it's going to be great. And it's gone. And there's a new heaven and a new earth. Released, restored, redeemed. Look at verse 4. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction. 
You know, there have been things that have happened that have hurt people so badly. You know, you can have a situation where because of sin, you wind up losing something, you get into a fight, you do whatever, and praise God, you can get saved, but it doesn't bring the eye back or it doesn't bring the legs back or, you know, this or that. The point is, this destruction that we're seeing constantly, not only society, but physically, it's going to be gone. Now, praise God for the taste of that which the Lord is going to do in the future. Praise God for the taste that we can have when it comes to today. Right now, we are having to look at society and say, listen, be sure your sin will find you out. The world is mocking God. Satan is trying to get our attention. My wife just read yesterday, day before yesterday, we really have been in 23 years of drought here in California. God is trying to tell this place something. And I believe that there are several of you that believe this as well. There's a reason why God put the world's most dangerous fault line right down north to south in California. Now, it goes up into the northwest as well, and it can do major damage. But I believe there's going to come a time where God says, enough. Absolutely enough. You have mocked me. You have shaken your fist in my face. But praise God, we can look at this and realize, you know what? When it comes to the destruction that we have seen, which we have experienced, he redeems us. He also enriches us, who crowneth us with loving kindness and tender mercies. That word, that Hebrew word that translates crowneth carries with it the idea of abundance. In other words, it means to be abundantly blessed, who crowneth thee, listen, with loving kindness and tender mercies. I'm not going to be able to get into the mercies today. We don't have time. But we're also renewed. Look at verse 5. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. You know, I think it's kind of funny. We're waiting right now. And of course, all of you are just waiting patiently, right? I have 12 more points. I really might not. But we're getting ready to go and have turkey. Thanksgiving. There's going to be pie there. I just lost three-fourths of you. But you know what? It's interesting how the Lord uses, through David, uses the thought of food, blessings as good food. God provides good things for us. The difference between the wicked one and our God is that Satan comes along and says, hey, this is good. Come on, give it a try. And then when it happens, like in the garden, when she saw that the tree was, the fruit was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, tree to be desired to make one wise, she took, she, she took it, she partook of it, Adam did, 
and there went mankind. There went. And we've been miserable ever since in what has taken place. Anger, hate, fighting, bickering, despondency, discouragement, wondering what's going on. And then there's going to come a time where somebody's going to come along and they're going to say, hey, I have all the answers. I believe that person is alive right now. I believe, I mean, hey, we all have all seen it, what's taking place in the world. My soul, there has never been a push for a one world government. Not even the United Nations has shown this. When people, the uh, major corporations, all kinds of entities saying, look, we've got to bring it together and the world doesn't have a choice. They're not giving anybody a choice. But we've known it all along. We got the book. It's told us. There's nothing that's surprising us. You know what? I'm not looking to the world for good stuff. I'm looking to the Lord. Oh, boy, there's so much here. There's so much. But let's take those first five verses. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Amen. It's so good to have you here. Bob, good to see you. Praise God. Air Force guy. Now, now, Bob, Jennifer Ruth, she's a lieutenant colonel, but she doesn't make a salute, so praise God. That's Jennifer Ruth, we love you. Praise God for what you've done. You, you, Got to be careful on using the word proud, but yeah, we're proud of you. Amen to that. We're proud of so many of these young people rejoicing in what God's doing. Antonio's doing great back at Ambassador. And as far as I know, he's not a... He's not engaged yet. <laughs> I'm going to be losing another one to college. Now remember, if someone comes up and asks, my number, call him first and then me second. <laughs> Let's... 